Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Victoria from Victorious Fitness Training, coming to you from Amityville, New York. Victoria, what's going on? How are you today? Hi, guys. I'm doing great. I am awesome sauce. I'm excited to be here. We are not going to be short on energy this podcast. I'm fired up. Okay, Victoria, obviously the crux of our conversation here is going to be the business side of what you do, but I'm a big believer in context and and background. So for the people who aren't familiar with you or your brand, describe Victorious Fitness Training in your own words. What is this business about? So VFT is a place for everyone. I train kids, seniors, people from all walks of life. Um, I'm not gender biased. I can train anyone. Um, Everyone is welcome there and it's more of a safe haven. So my goal is to promote like separating my clients from their day to day and just give them a place that's for them. So at VFT, we also call it the safe haven as well because it's a place that you can be yourself. Um, No one is there judging you. Everyone from all walks of life are welcome. And we're here to get results, but also at VFT, I do a lot of positive affirmation. Um, I don't allow any of my clients to lose negative language. There's actually like a VFT rule um, book inside on the walls where it just tells you like no negative language. You put yourself first, you matter, and it's you versus you here. So Yeah, I think in, in the scope of fitness as an industry and in personal training, which is the main component of what you do, a lot of our industry lost the personal piece of that. And it sounds like that's a big focus for you. Of course, we care about the workout and the sets and the reps, but it's bigger than that, if I'm understanding properly. Is that correct? Yes, it is bigger than that because the workout is only 30 to 60 minutes and you can't be quiet the whole time. You'll make everyone uncomfortable. You can't be on your phone the whole time. You're not correcting form. You're, you, you know, like you're not educating your client on the proper technique, the proper techniques. And the main thing is you're not engaging with them. You want to create that interpersonal connection because it makes the person excited to be there with you. You never want people to be coming to training and they are like, oh, I don't want to be at training. You want them to be like, yeah, the workout's hard, but I'm excited to be there. This is the best part of my day. Yes. 100%. Yes. Now, take us back a little bit because the, the origination of this was interesting to me. Take me back, not necessarily to the first day that we started training clients and we opened the doors. Take me back to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up a training business. What was going on for you and and what inspired all of this? Well, it goes deeper um, than what we spoke about before, because I actually was working out with one of my friends and she said, you need to be a personal trainer. And I was like, no, I just like training us. And she's like, no, 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 you need to be a personal trainer. And I always worked in the fitness world. I actually worked in the gym for um, five years prior to becoming uh, HR um, manager at a corporate marketing firm in the city in Manhattan. But um, I think when she told me that, and I recognized, I just, I I guess I kind of doubted myself. And when 
my boss told me like, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to work for yourself, you have to stop feeding my dreams. You need to go invest in yours. And I took a lesser job and something that normal, normally like somebody who is college educated like myself would be like, turn their nose up to. I, I'm, I'm a very um, humili- uh, filled with the humility type of person. I'm very humble. So I said, I'm going to take this lesser job, but I'm actually going to use this to get to where I'm going because if I get too comfortable, then I'll stop investing in my dreams. I'll continue to invest in others. And although I became a manager immediately at this next job, I had to leave. So I became a manager and the next day I, I put in my two weeks and decided mm-hmm. that I was gonna work for myself. And one of my personal training friends who was training me at the time was telling me like, you need to be a personal trainer. You have this personal connection that is great. You have this personality that is rare and it's going to outshine over the business the just the training part the fitness part because we get too caught up in that and you know it was hard at first but when I decided to start my business and what was this 2020 July 2020 it was middle in the pandemic smack dead in the pandemic a lot of people in New York in New York (laughs) it was like everything was shut down and the fact that I created this one-on-one intimate space and people couldn't get to the gym or they didn't want to go to the gym because the gym started opening like about three months later it made people like no I need to be here and they got out their house and they came and they worked out and everything was sanitized thank God you know COVID like nothing, everything. We were great, you know, and my clients were great and we got through that. And then we went back outside because I was actually in a sublease, a sublease place. I wasn't in my own space and I, I was, sub, yeah. And I was subleasing in a clothing store <laughs> because pandemic who's losing the clothing store. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they allowed me to use their space, but as the world started to open back up, their store was going to open back up. So I had to make a decision. And my decision was to go back outside until I can get my own space. That was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I do not like training outside and I do not like training in gyms where you're going to gyms and you're like hiding a client or you're working out with them each time. Like that's just too much for me. I'm not able to physically individually focus on the person and their goals by doing that. I need my own space. So I just focus on that. I prayed and I'm so thankful because I am a God fearing woman. (laughs) And that's literally what guy was on my side. He was like, listen, we're going yeah. to do this. We got this. You're going to get your space. And every single day, and with my clients, I have my clients saying it, we're going to get a studio. We're going to get a studio. And, and that we, 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 exactly, we. And like six months later, I was in the smack dead winter and I lost all my clients by going out in the winter and leaving my space. So I only had virtual and not everybody wanted to turn virtual. So I lost a lot of clients and it was hard for me, but six months, I was just like, stay focused, stay focused. And one of my friends, she's a massage therapist and she went into this space and was like, there is commercial property here, you know, do what you need to do and get in the space. And that's just what I did. And we're still here. Something must be going right for you, Victoria. So uh, let's explore that. But but first, get a little, a little reminiscent with me for a moment. Okay. Look back on that time, two and a half years as a business owner, you being your own boss. What's been your favorite part about owning your own business? And what's been the hardest part about owning your own business? Mm. So my favorite part is my why my why. I always have to remember my why. 
I always have to remember why I started this, where I came from and where I'm going. And that keeps me for focus. And I would say my patience also, because my clients always talk about how patient I am. Like you are so patient. And I may not be patient with my personal life, but the fact that I'm patient with my clients are amazing. So um, they just, I, I love that people can come there and they gain confidence. They work on themselves. They, they start to develop a self-love for themselves. They find themselves. And, you know, a lot of people go into their own healing journeys. And I just think it's really amazing to be a part of because I'm just, I'm just a servant. I'm just here to serve God and his people and to be able to tap into that connection with them, that interpersonal connection and see them physically, mentally growing, you know, mental development is so strong. Like physical development is great. Our bodies can look amazing, but if that mental development is not strong, everything else is weak. The mental development that I see people go through every single day is so admirable and it's inspirational to just watch. And I think that's my most favorite part. And I would say my hardest part, um, slow season, like summer is really slow. Holiday seasons, it gets kind of slow, not so much as summer. It, it, it took a lot on me, especially this last year. I think every business owner in 2022, they all can say like, it was a struggle. We didn't know if we were gonna make it out, but I'm so thankful that I did. And I'm excited for the future, but the hardest part is those slow seasons because when it's not coming in and you know your purpose and you know, you know all of your greatness and you start to like, well, what am I doing wrong? It's not you, it's not you at all. So please don't doubt yourself. You tend <laughs> That's to go that back. inner entrepreneur vice that everybody has. Um, exactly. Like, what am there's I always going to be doubts. There's always going to be doubts. Let's oh. explore that. And and you talked about slow seasons and, and the mental challenge of this, but let's explore the marketing piece of this or basically just what's worked for you or, or maybe what hasn't worked so well for you to find new clients. What have you done in the, the two and a half years that, has been successful and what have you done that maybe hasn't been so so the most successful thing i've ever created is a referral business and i've learned this in sales and marketing anybody that's been in sales and marketing you know the referral business is the best business to go on that is what your business should be based on because people look at other people and they're like you know what they are they're walking billboards for you i'm gonna go to this person because this person feels great i'm gonna go to this person because this person looks great i'm gonna go to this person because every time i see them they're excited to work out they're excited about their results so that's that's mainly one thing i think every single business um should base their business off of because their referral system is amazing and it's one thing that cannot die it doesn't matter if paper dies it doesn't matter if technology dies your referral business will never die. Word, per, word to word, person to person, I'm telling you, word of mouth, it's always going to work for you. And um, I think one of the biggest things for me, I do not like social media. I do not like making content. Um, I'm just being honest. Like everybody else can BS about it, but nobody likes doing it. Um, it's tedious. It's annoying. Like it takes too long. I'm 31 years old. It is hard. Like, <laughs> it's challenging, but yeah. I do it. I do it. I do it. It, it makes it's, it's one of those necessary evils of our yeah. industry where if we're if we're being honest, if I'm somebody looking for a gym or looking for a trainer, the places I'm gonna go are 
Google and I'm going to search gym near me or Google or trainer near me, or I'm going to Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and, and that's just the reality of it, whether you like it or not, somewhat irrelevant here, you know? Exactly. That's just how it is. So because I understand that and I am an adaptable person, I adapt with the times and I have made the beast of social media. I have made it my, I'm trying to think of the word without cursing, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like I decided like, you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna do what I need to do. And I'm, I'm gonna, gonna lean it. into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what and I So with your background in marketing, do you use social media and do you advertise on these things or has it just been organic and content and, and whatever else we can do on the free side of it? I do advertise, but I don't do paid advertisement. Um, I just don't feel the need to as an, I think if once I have my gym, like, yeah, it makes sense. I think with the business that I'm and when I have like my plans, I think definitely have plans is definitely important to advertise them. But when you're doing just one-on-one, -on -one, I think just making content so people can see and um, your clients and to see how you train, that's really good. Um, promoting one like these groups and just promoting one like your business social media and just making sure you're taking advantage of that. There are a lot of free ways that you can promote. It is, it, it's long, it's longer and it's, I guess it is more tedious. Um, but you can totally save money, you know, but the one thing I think is important for all trainers to have, and I think we, some of us lack on that, please have a website, whether you want to pay that monthly fee or not, it is super important to have a website because people will not join you just because you won't have a website. It, I have seen so many clients that come to me. Oh yeah. That person to have a website. So I didn't think they were real. Oh, that person to have it's a website. A, I didn't think they were serious. It's the level of professionalism, right? Yes. So important. And I think to, to your point, any kind of marketing conversation we have, whatever strategy makes sense, we have to recognize it's either going to take money or it's going to take time. Yes. One or the other, or some combination of both. And, and sometimes we have more of one than the other. So different strategies make sense. But take us to, to the next step here, Victoria. We get somebody interested. Somebody says, hey, I like what you do. Tell me more about it. What happens from a, a sales perspective? What is that conversation about? How does somebody actually go about signing up to work with you? So I first ask them, what are their goals? Um, I tell them my hours. I let them know where I'm located and see if that's going to be a good commute for them. And then if not, then, you know, I discuss virtual options with them as well. So that's where the conversation goes. Are we focusing on virtual? Are we focusing on in-person? Um, then I discuss how all of my packages come with a meal plan. And I have multiple meal plans. So if you have any dietary restrictions, um, I'm still able to accommodate you. And from there, you know, I send you a waiver and then I also send you a questionnaire that just asks you a few questions um, for like any medical health history that I may need um, because I am all about safe training. So I'm not the type of person that ignores any client's injuries and just like, oh, you're going to do this because all oh, you're crying. No, no, no. I modify everything. I actually have a client who is 4'8 and she loves that about me. She's like, it's just so hard, like, because to work out because her body type is different. And the fact that I'm able to still modify each and every workout for her and it's all effective and she's still getting great results, she loves that. 
And I think that's really important. Um, I train a 72 year old and a lot of people would be, you know, scared to train seniors and I have her deadlifting and I have her doing squash just like all, but I, it's effective. And I safely trained her up to that. I didn't just throw her into doing deadlifts. I didn't just throw her into doing squats. I didn't just throw her, she can do assist this, um, pistol squats. It's amazing. So I didn't throw her into any of that. It's more so just building up her body and really focusing on developing each muscle. So I love body composition. Um, strength training is one of my favorite things. So the main thing is I see, I, you know, once I get the pictures of the clients, I see what their body type is, and then I create a, a personalized program for them. And um, from there, once we get into the gym, we just start hitting our goals. Now, Here's the fun part of the conversation because you mentioned wanting to get into your own gym or a bigger space at some point in time. Do you anticipate that we're still going to go the one-on-one -on -one route? Do you think that we'll offer other things once we have more space? Tell me about your, your vision there. Well, once we have more space, I'm going to do classes um, as well, but I am going to still do one-on-one because -on -one, um, it's so important. I'm never going to let that go. It may not be as much, but the clients that say, Nikki, I want to do one-on-one, -on -one. I want to be in the class because people, some people, they just need that. I get it. I'll still give it to them. Um, I, my main space for the gym is to create a space for other trainers to come and have an opportunity to win. You do not have to work for VFT. You are going to work for yourself. Um, if you just feel like you're not in the position to sublease then or subcontract, then we will just work it out and you can be on staff until you can. Um, my goal is that every staff front desk, every person that works at the front desk, that I have like a compliment box, not a complaint box, and that you just give our staff compliments and I give them raises based off of that. And because I want to open up, my goal is to have a gym in each of the, all over the, uh, each of the 50 states. Is it 50 or 50? Yeah, I think it's 50 states. I don't think it's 52. Maybe <laughs> it is 52. As of now, at least. I did, right? I was like, I don't know if it's 52, but it makes we, it be we 50. We still got 50. Right, we still good. Right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Don't quote Maybe me. Maybe throw Puerto Rico in there. Who knows? Yeah, right? That's what I was thinking because sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 52. So I don't know. But um, um, I want to have a gym. Basically, I want to have a gym in each and every state in the United States, as well as I want to go international. So, but I first want to cover the United States. And my goal is to promote from within. I do not want to promote from the outside. Um, I'm a little against that because I come from management and I've managed so many different, so many different companies and different people from walks of life. I love the way that you can help grow someone into a management position where they can now develop and become a leader. So I love leadership roles and I'm, I'm about promoting leadership. So my goal is in the gym is to take the front desk staff manage this front desk staff and promote them to managers, district managers, regional managers, general managers, because it's going to be so much opportunity for them. So I'm really excited about that because I love giving opportunity. I think the, the main thing about the gym is not so much of me training on a bigger scale. That's great. It's great. I think BFT is going to be it's going to be awesome because we're going to be a bigger family. But the main thing is to be able to give back to all to the people, like the community. I think that's super important to give back. Yep. Now, the the team aspect of this is going to be paramount because obviously, at a certain point, Victoria can't do everything. Exactly. Right? It's not going to be realistic for you to have all of this. So as you move forward, let me let me kind of start to wrap us up with how you perceive this, this level of challenge. What do you think could be the hard parts 
for you in your goal to, to massively scale this business? What do you think is going to be the, the most difficult thing for you? It's the hardest part I'm having right now, the building the team. Um, unfortunately, training is a doggy dog world and everybody doesn't feel like we can do it together. Um, and I think maybe once we get one a bigger scale, maybe people can see we can do it together. I pray that we can. If not, I'm going to just create it and it's going to happen because that's how we do things. But um, I really, I would love for outside trainers to come in and be able to go into business together and we can do this. But if it doesn't work out like that, then unfortunately I will still go ahead with making, creating, um, moving into a bigger gym. And um, I'm going to also go into business with my cousin who does, um, healthy juices and like the smoothies and stuff like that. So I already thought about like the juice bar area. So that's covered. The main thing would be like getting the trainers on board. I guess when they, when they would come in, like some people would be like, well, I just want to be a staff. Once they come in as staff and they realize like, no, it's so much opportunity working for myself. Like I see what Victoria is saying. I see the vision. I think it's kind of hard for people to see it like a vision that hasn't been created. So if they see like the actual floor work and the groundwork and everything happening, they'll be like, all right, I can join this team. I can be a part of this. I can do this. I can work for myself because like there, I don't need to be the boss. I don't like, that's great. You know, but my goal is to create more leadership. Yes. My name is on it. I understand, but my goal is to create more leadership and more opportunities for other people so that you expand into your own gym. Or when we open up another VFT, you're like, Victoria, I want to go into business with you. I want to expand into the next VFT. Like, you, I want to invest in it. Like, it's just, it'll be a different conversation. I think once people get out of that, I don't, excuse me for this if they may hurt a lot of people's feelings, but please get out the employee mindset if you want to be a business owner. So once you get out of the employee mindset and you decide to be the employer, you'll understand that I'm going to take this risk and it's going to create a bigger opportunity for me. And I think that is going to be the way I create the team. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And you and I talked earlier about at a certain point, Victoria can't do everything. I think the natural evolution of the business owner is that right now we're in the stage where you're the CEO, you're the head coach, you're the janitor, you're the head of sales, you're the marketer, you're all of these things. And as we can start to delegate some of these things to other people, we have to create leaders. We have to create a, a functional team for the entirety of this to succeed. And it's a fun conversation to have because it's entrepreneurship. You can do whatever you want at the end of the day. And, and I think that the clearer that vision is, and it sounds like it's pretty well established in your mind of what this thing is going to be, the better roadmap we have in terms of getting there. So Victoria, that's a great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But in the meantime, the few minutes that we have left, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about this? What's the website? What's the social media? Where can people find you? So you all can find me at on Instagram at VFTNYLI. You can also find me on Facebook at Victorious Fitness Training, as well at www.VictoriousFitnessNY.com. Simple and straightforward. Victoria, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your, your willingness to share and talk about 
your experience as a business owner. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. It sounds like there's so many ideas and, and action left to be taken. And so we're out of time today, but I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you so much, Joe. And I really appreciate you. And I appreciate Jim Flores just for giving me the opportunity to speak my truth on here. I think um, entrepreneurs and coaches and personal trainers that are able to have this platform is definitely well it's needed. And so many of us, we doubt ourselves each and every day and just understand you're not the only person going through this, like, and you got this. Spot on. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah. Joining us on the show is Stephen Clegg, owner of Cirque Athletics in Melbourne, Florida. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you today? Hey there. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're super excited to have you on today. Um, before we jump into the business, how you run it, everything you've got going on, first, tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, so I think it was 2014 or 2013, there was some type of um, like CrossFit commercial that was going on the internet at the time. And maybe the, the main character, the real life person was probably like 10 or 15 years older than me. And his whole thing was doing what he liked to do every day. And he kind of ended the video with that. A, he got to help people all day long. B, he got to work out with his friends all the time. And then C, uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're your own boss. So if you're not doing something right, or if you're doing something right, you get to like pat yourself on the back. And I thought that was uh, really cool to be your own boss and be in charge of, you know, your own brand and what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. That's the entrepreneurial spirit. You kind of see how other mm -hmm. people are doing things and think I can do that too. I can be my own boss. Um, so I think that's really cool. So when did it become, you know, Cirque Athletics? How did that come to be? You know, you mentioned to me you own it with your wife. Um, so tell us about that. Um, so my, my wife moved uh, to Melbourne. Uh, you know, we weren't dating at the time or anything. Um, she moved here from Tampa. So from the West Coast to the East Coast. And I think 2016 or 2017, and leaving Tampa to come to Melbourne is a big, uh, a big adjustment. You're going from a city that has like 2 million people to a city that has about maybe 65,000. So she was doing circus on the, the other coast of Florida and had options, had done some performances, was having a lot of fun doing circus training. When she moved here, there was nothing in the uh, area to provide that type of training. So uh, she opened up Cirque Athletics before what it's known now in the back of a different studio to offer classes that she wanted to offer. And then from there, she kind of grew up, <clears throat> took on some more people 
and then eventually um, opened the studio that we're in now with, I think, 20 or 30 people. So it was a really like grassroots led movement all by herself. And I think 2018 is when she did that. And then um, we joined forces in 2020 is when we brought the CrossFit side into the Cirque athletic space. And now we're one whole community of CrossFit and circus training. That's awesome. I imagine those go hand in hand really well because you, you need that strength to, and stamina to do the circus side. And I'm sure the CrossFit just adds to that too. And they Absolutely. Have- you know, like if there's a lot of people who struggle with uh, doing pull-ups or having the body coordination, it's like, hey, you know, circus training is really fun. We might not get your heart rate up super high throughout it. And it's a great sport to do. But to be good at it, you need to be pretty fit. And CrossFit is very good at making people fit. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, so give us like kind of your elevator pitch on Cirque Athletics. So, you know, if someone's interested in coming to your gym, you know, how do you describe it to them? What are the services that you offer? Oh, well, we're a family-friendly gym in town. We offer classes between kids who are six. And I believe our oldest client is, um, I think, like 72 or 73. Depending on what you want to do, we can go with personal training. We can go with group classes. If you need help with your nutrition, we can do that as well. We give access to open gym hours. The gym's open from um, 6 a.m. until about 7.30 p.m. every weekday. We have some weekend classes. Um, if you're looking for a competition team, we do offer kids competition for our CERC team too. So that's been a really good option for kids who kind of get like burnt out with gymnastics or people who get burnt out with uh, cheerleading as there's no future after you graduate like high school. It's just a made up sport kind of. So depending on if you're six, 30, 40, 50, 20, we do have something for you to partake in. That's going to be fun. Definitely. Yeah. I'm an ex competitive cheerleader. So I hear you on that. Yep. I would totally be on my alley to the, you know, like, do what's fun for college. me. Yeah, exactly. Like there is no next step. There's nothing to do. Yeah. If you don't have a team, you can't keep doing it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would be really cool. I can see how that's a, a huge draw. So um, you mentioned there was nothing like it in the area when you guys moved in there. So how did you get the word out? How did you, you know, market to maybe a demographic of people who weren't familiar with circus training? How did you get, you know, general population people into the facility? All right. So we don't do a ton of marketing or ads. We do a lot of in-house events. So we put on uh, performance shows. Right now we do them about every two months. Uh, when Katie was just starting, she did them monthly. That's became really, really hard to coordinate. We have to close for the weekend. We got to put on a show. You have to write a show. You have to put lights for these shows. So when you put on a show, performers will bring their grandparents. They'll bring their parents. They'll bring their friends. They'll bring their neighbors. And they'll come to the gym. And, you know, maybe through those performances, half the people take a picture of their neighbor. Or they take a picture of their sister doing something that you just have not seen in the area. So it just kind of grows organically from there. Yeah, I think organic growth is great, especially if they're coming in, seeing like you guys at your peak and there's a performance going on. They're like, wow, what is this whole thing and how do I become a part of it? So I think that's that's a great, you know, gateway to get people interested in it. Um, So when you first opened, was it challenging to get people in the door or did people take to it really well right away? Um, Well, you know, with anything, uh, you grow really slow. So when Katie started, it it was slower growth. She couldn't open up her own studio until about two or three years in. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I came, I'd been coaching for, I want to say like five or six years before I got involved with Cirque Athletics. So I had a pretty decent amount of people that I had already known uh, doing CrossFit. So like I had a strong base to add to the business in itself. And then, you know, from there, it's just a slow and steady growth from when she kind of started. But it, it, it does take two or three years just to kind of get off the floor. Yeah. Have you guys considered or thought about doing any paid advertising or have you tried that in the past? Um, we've done Facebook ads for a summer camp once or twice. I think the most we've ever paid is, you know, $25, <laughs> nothing much. Yeah, gotcha. Typically people have friends or they have family members. If you give people results and if you have the experience as a coach, you know, you can really change someone's life and they're going to get fine as many people as they like as possible to also want to share in on that feeling. Yeah, I think that's that's really true, especially in this industry. Word of mouth is great and people really trust you when they hear from their friend or their family that they got results from you or they enjoy working with you. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as like future goals, are you looking to add more members to either side of the gym, both sides of the gym? Um, how does that look for you? Well, growth is always important. Um, last Last year, so 2022, we were having some scheduling issues where maybe at, at most we can handle about 50 people in the gym, including both sides at once. And there were some days throughout the week last year where we were getting 48, 49 people in a night during one hour. It's like, okay, this is great during this hour, but what about other hours during the day? So we kind of have to just look at our schedule and readjust our leveling system for the gym to kind of keep the quality of coaching that we give very high to make sure everyone's getting enough attention and detail to provide the growth that they need. And in return, they'll provide the growth that we need by kind of spreading out how many people we're seeing throughout the day. Gotcha. So if you could target, let's say, people who are available during those non-peak hours of gyms, um, you would be able to take on more clients? You know, it, it's, it's, that's one thing you can do. Um, you, you only want a coach to work with so many people at once. I don't really care how good of a coach you are. Once you cross a certain barrier, you're not coaching anymore. You're, you're, you're hurting cats. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you say, Hey, you know, Susie, you're in the, you're in the level five Lyra class and like, you're really, really good. We have this new level system, level system. We're going to go up to like eight or nine levels now. You, you should really be in this higher level class and, and, and someone else should be in the level two class that kind of separate them out. So now instead of having classes of nine or 10 people, you're having classes of five and four, which allows more space in that class to grow again. Totally. Yep. I hear you on that. So you are growth oriented. You know, you mentioned to me beforehand, you know, one of your big goals is to move into a larger facility where you can have a theater that doesn't mm -hmm. have to interrupt, you know, your class times. What would you say is like the biggest challenge or bottleneck right now that you're facing um, that's keeping you from getting to that next level? Oh, the, the biggest bottleneck is that we only have one bathroom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. That's definitely the, the biggest conundrum at the moment is that we only have one. So uh, in the, the very short term, we're definitely going to be adding a second bathroom. Hopefully we can get some showers added to those as well. Heck yeah. Okay. So you're looking more to expand your current space or are you looking, you know, to move into a bigger space that has room for what you need and multiple bathrooms and showers? Uh, so the goal right now is to stay in the current place. Um, 
until we get to some certain, you know, financial numbers that we want to get to that would support a bigger space kind of from day one, right? You don't want to put yourself three feet under and be halfway between being in the floor or being in the black. So we're, we need to better optimize our current space. We need to better optimize, you know, how our onboarding process goes for both sides of the gym. Just really dial in our lead flow and orientation. And once that's going together really well and we have good follow-up and some slightly better retention, you know, maybe in three or four years, we move on to the next phase and own our own facility. Yeah, you just brought up a lot of a lot of good points and a lot of things that other gym owners really, you know, struggle with or see as you know, one of the harder parts. So you mentioned kind of setting up systems, especially on, in onboarding um, and then retention. What systems are you using now to keep track of like your clients and who's booking and schedules? Do you use like an automated software? Do you guys kind of do your own thing? Um, so right now we use Wattify for a lot of our internal and external systems. Uh, we use it for just about everything. And then we use, we use a lot of like Google Sheets and a lot of just like uh, shared spreadsheets between Katie, myself, um, and then we have our manager and another front desk um, employee that helps us out too. Gotcha. So let's say you have all of your systems up and running, very organized and automated. How do you think that would benefit um, the gym? What would that do for you? Well, are you asking if they were better automated or I've, I think I, I need the question asked a different. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, needing onboarding done mm -hmm or a different way, like what would that do for the gym if onboarding was smoother? How would that push your growth forward? Well, you know, like onboarding for every gym just looks different. You know, do you do you do privates? Do you throw them into a group class? Okay, which group class do you throw them into? Does your schedule allow that to happen? And then at the same time, you know, what, what works the best for you? If I do all the onboarding, great, I'm busy all day long, but now I'm busy working in the business and I'm not working on the business yeah that makes sense yeah i think that's something a lot of a lot of gym owners struggle with it's time and attention is split in so many places and you know classes have to be taught it's like where do we put our, our time and focus um and i think a lot of gym owners the goal is to you know not be in the business so much but be on the business working on the business like, which is so, like so hard to do because yeah. you, you start off with so much energy and you think hey i can do i can do everything i yeah. i can clean the bathrooms i can clean the showers i can take the trash out I can pay the light bill. Oh, I have to go coach this class. And then before you know it, you've been on your feet for nine hours and you've had three coffees and you haven't even worked out yourself yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, so tell me about like the team that you have. You mentioned a front desk person. Is it just you, your wife and front desk or what does like the whole team look like? Um, so I think at the moment we have, um, I, th I think there's eight of us. It might be seven. I don't remember off the top of my head. So uh, I'm of course full-time my wife's full-time um, and then we have two other full-time people that work for us so one's our manager uh, her name's Tori so she started off part-time and we quickly uh, realized that she didn't, she needed more hours and we need people to work more hours so mm -hmm. she you know works 40 to 45 hours a week and then we have another employee um, Ashley so we we all coach classes and then mm -hmm. we all do a bunch of just administration or growth oriented tasks um checking emails responding to things and then besides the four of us we have four additional people who help us coach classes on certain days or help us run the gym events 
uh, performing the shows and things kind of that nature. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You, you have a bit of help, but as the owner, it is kind of hard to not have your hands in every single piece of the business. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So once a client is kind of interested in the gym, maybe they've inquired because a friend came in or, and told them about it. What's the next step in the process? So they're interested. How do you turn them into a member of the gym? So let's say they discover our website and give us a phone call. Um, if they're trying to do CrossFit, maybe depending on the day, we'll let them take a free class. Uh, usually with CrossFit, we prefer that people do some fundamentals before they jump in and start doing back squats and pull-ups. As if they've never done that before, they need an introductory process. Um, for the circus side, you can take a first class as there's an intro-level class. So you're not next to someone who's doing, oh, double salto splits from 20 feet in the ceiling. It's, hey, let's learn how to stand in this silk and lock our feet in while we're eight inches off the floor instead of 20 feet off the floor. So someone can take one of those classes. We actually don't let people at the moment take classes for free. Like we don't have a free intro level class. We have people sign up and pay a, a drop-in fee. However, if they sign up for a membership within 24 hours of taking that class, we will credit them that money towards their membership. So then it becomes similar to a free class. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's smart. I think with CrossFit and, you know, the circus training, there's an element of intimidation to both. So I think yeah. having an intro where you're somewhere comfortable for both is probably super important. Um, but as far as like selling goes, um, is it you, your wife, or everyone on the team that kind of pitches in? In the selling aspect or how does that work so typically we know if someone's coming in to take a class mm -hmm. um, or even if they're not taking class and they're walking in whoever is working the front desk at that particular hour is pretty much in charge of that process mm -hmm. um so like let's see yesterday we had someone walk in totally unannounced i was working the front desk and then um ashley was also working the front desk with me and I, I was in the middle of eating a meal, actually. So I let her kind of take it and she walked her through the whole process. Hey, let's get you signed up. Let's get you to sign this waiver. She's putting the $25 fee that could be credited. And from here, she's going to come into her first class next Monday. Gotcha. Okay, that's awesome. So all of your team is kind of equipped to do the selling if somebody comes in or an intro. Right, right. We have, we have four people. So me, Katie, Ashley, and Tori, we, we all know how to do those tasks and it might look a little bit different you know in how we explain it or how the process ends up but at the end of the day you know we're, we're checking off these five boxes that we got to get through gotcha okay so there's some process there that's great to hear and then um so once they are a client let's say sale goes well they want to join a gym how do you keep your members long term how do you you know what are your strategies for your retention well you, 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 you got to give people what they want and you got to give them results. So, you know, someone comes to the gym, they're looking at a performance or they're looking at some of the higher level classes, man, I want to, I want to be in that class. Mm -hmm. Okay, Debbie. So right now we're in uh, Lira 100 and the lady that you're looking at is in Lira 600. That's going to take some time and we have checklists to build up the capacity to get there. And you can do that by showing up and being in class. 
Totally. Yeah. I think that's a unique aspect of your business is people want to get to the next level. Like maybe in a strength and conditioning class, there's not that much pressure, like goal setting as there is in getting to the next level of class. I think that's an, a unique aspect and advantage you have as far as your attention goes. Uh, your definitely team. on the circus side, you yeah. know, by having check sheets and spreadsheets that the clients have access to, like they can see the next level in CrossFit. It's okay. I'm at a 45 pound thruster. Like, can you tell me why I want to have a 65 pound thruster? What, what that's going to do for me. And, uh, what we try and do is at least once a year, we need to do it a little bit more, but we're really busy is a sit down with our members one-on-one and ask them like, you know, what, what do you want? Like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to look? Is it, do you want certain health markers to go in a certain direction? Um, I was talking to one of my members yesterday and she was telling me that her, her, her cholesterol had gone down, I think um, like 110 points over the last six months. I was like, that's fantastic. I didn't know that you were working on that actually. <laughs> um, but yeah. because we had that conversation, she told me more of what she wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. She wanted to drop it another, I believe 35 or 45 points so that she wouldn't uh, you know, be type two diabetic. Um, later on in her life so we had a little goal review meeting and we got her set up to accomplish that over the next six or seven months awesome yeah i think that's a really good idea just sitting down with people and like hey what are you trying to accomplish here so that way we can always make sure you're staying accountable to your goal and then that way you know retention will increase as well um but tell me what would be like the biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to open their own gym maybe if you could go back and tell yourself something before you join the business um what would that piece of advice be Oh, so you definitely want to work for someone else for at least, at least three to five years. Like you don't, don't start off cold because you don't even know if you're good yet and you have to be a people person. Um, you know, systems are important and all that stuff. But if, if you can't talk to certain demographics, you got to figure out why is that? And you kind of got to ask yourself, Hey, are, are you a people person? This is a very people oriented job. You're talking to individuals or groups all day long and you have to be able to relate with them so whether it's a 22 year old woman or a 62 year old man somewhere in there you're going to relate to them and you have to figure out what that is and that's where you need to develop your you know conversation and coaching abilities to learn more about them to get them where they need to be i think a lot of coaches are very uh i want to say like self-oriented and they they worry too much about themselves and not what they're doing for other people yeah I think that's that's really good advice I think a lot of people want to jump into owning their own business but I think what you said at the beginning there like take the time to learn from someone else before you know you you jump in is is really good advice um to make sure you're prepared but Stephen thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today um before we let you go where can we find you guys what's your social media what's your website where can people check you out Uh, so our our website is circathletics.com and then, oh man, what is our Instagram handle? Cirque underscore athletics. It's um, Cirque underscore athletics. Cirque underscore athletics. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for all the knowledge that you shared with us today. Um, we appreciate you so much. Um, all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, Click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon.
And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Michael from Biodynamics out of Texas. What's going on, Michael? How are we doing today? Uh, We are doing. So it's a little warm, right? The weather's been really bipolar like it usually is in Texas. So we were really cold and we're really hot. So I'm still playing with the uh, thermostat on my truck trying to figure out if I should keep it hot or cold. So yeah. I'm sure by this time I should leave and the AC, the AC should be on. So I'm doing great. <laughs> That's good to hear, man. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, before we really dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Biodynamics, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. So uh, I started it kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a PTA by trade physical therapist, right? So, you know, working with the population, I think I really found we were working a lot of orthopedics and, you know, but I really want to do something more in a health and wellness idea. Um, you know, a lot of these injuries, a lot of things that you'll see that people are coming in with, there's people working out in gyms, they go to CrossFit and I have nothing against CrossFit at all, but you know, they weren't being properly trained in the population. So I found that, you know, if you could catch these people before they get into the gym, really give them really safe technique, really safe ideas and train them a little better, we can reduce, reduce the risk of those injuries. So this was something that I found in this population as they're coming in. They said, oh, man, this shoulder, I messed this up during a workout. Well, show me how you bench. And they would go in there like, oh, man, that's horrible, right? And just with the education and the background of anatomy, physiology, functional anatomy, the things that we study in school, we're able to kind of fix, fix them up on top of work the injury. But secondly, on top of that, it's making sure that's a safe progression to exercise. Some people We'll just jump right into a bench press. You know, there's exercise you need before that, stability, whatever. So I really kind of came into that. That's how the idea came about. Well, hey, well, let's have like the gym before the gym. Let's have that prep gym before the gym, yeah. right? And so that was kind of the, the basic idea. And of course, it, it evolved after that. But in a nutshell, that was kind of what, what the idea started up. Started okay. up gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, what is your background in? Because I know, um, I believe you're a physiotherapist. Right. Well. Yeah. So before this, I was a musician. And I was playing on the road for a long time. And then I decided to go back to school to start doing this. Uh, so I went back to school and came out of that. So yeah, I'm a PT. I'm a physical therapist assistant here in the state of Texas. Um, and that's the background I had. Um, still have to this day the credential I hold. So I'm a licensed therapist uh, in Texas. Yeah. yeah. So you transitioned from musician um, into a completely different industry. Um, okay. Tell us a little bit about that transition. Because, I mean, you were still an entrepreneur, right? hundred percent. So 
playing music, I think the, the idea here, you know, I was 19 years old. I got offered a gig to play. Uh, it was New Year's for the year 2000, and it was the Millennium. And it was like, hey, we got this gig in Mexico, and you want to come do it? I said, sure. So I left with this band, and then, you know, seven, eight years later, I'm still playing with this band. And really what happened is, like, a lot of the skill sets that you'll see as an entrepreneur now, as a musician, you're booking bands, uh, you're booking sites, you're talking to managers, you're following with people, you're going into this place, you're selling your product. In this case, it's the band or the music to the or to the area. It's a country bar. Oh, I got country. Uh, it's a disco place. Oh, we got disco, right? So you, you're selling yourself this whole time through this process. And the most importantly, I think it, it gave me the foundational behaviors for following up, keeping contact on the interpersonal skills, right? Because as you meet people through, there's a lot of different personalities. So I was able, while I'm doing this into my life, uh, my daughter was born and she was born um, in 2006. And she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So when she was on with CP, I decided to go back to school. The best way I could help her was to become a physical therapist. So what I did there was I decided to become a physical therapist and then through the population that I began to work and I graduate, then I started seeing these people or pop, people in, in the population coming in, being injured in the gym, being injured here. And this kind of struck that chord of me. I said, man, there needs to be a pre-gym for the gym because it can be a little bit intimidating. If you don't know what you're doing, right? And you go in there. Um, if you go, you can walk to that gym. Maybe you're discouraged a little bit because it, just the, the intimidation of the weights alone and the machines alone and not really knowing how to progress an exercise or even uh, de-progress an exercise, right? Or water it down a little bit in order to build the foundational strength you may need to get into those bigger, heavier Olympic lifts or whatever it is that you're aiming for as a goal. Um, So that was kind of the idea and that really sparked it. But the ideas of being an entrepreneur, I didn't know this, but obviously I was doing that for those seven or 10 years at the band. I just didn't know it until I put myself into an official spot now and it became like, well, you're doing the same thing. It's just not music now. Now you're talking about a gym and people's lives, right? And the livelihood. The only difference now, I have an education in this thing, right? So I went and got a license and now I can really share this information with yeah. the public and make it as safe as I can. So, yeah. uh, you know, that really helps. Yeah. So, I mean, with what you know now, I mean, obviously like there are certain skill sets that you need as a business owner and entrepreneur to like mm-hmm. keep the doors open. Um, so one of my favorite questions that I like to ask gym owners if you could choose two skills and two skills only to grow your gym, what would those skills be and why? Um, man, so I would say the interpersonal skills is going to be the first one. So you really have to deal with a lot of personality. Um, so being able to, I think, get along with the person who is a novice lifter or someone who's just beginning to be able to break down and have the ideas to teach them from the minimalist you know, lift to the most complex lift, but to have the patience to teach someone that, to have that skill set and to have the lingo for them because they may not know what a superset is and they may not know what this is, right? So you have to really start teaching and educating from a very novice point. And then you got to have the other person who's coming in, maybe more, more, more goal oriented. You may have the triathlon athlete coming in. You may have the marathon runner coming in where you have to be able to break down their training I have it make a lot of sense in the blocks for these three weeks. We're going to work on this before these three weeks. We're going to work on here, uh, diet, nutrition. You have to be able to have those skills to be able to break down your exercise and your programs to the very novice and also to the very professional. So I think that's like the most important one because with those people come a lot of personality. 
there's going to be some people who are very receptive to what you do. There are going to be some people who may question a little bit what you do. Oh, I've always kind of done it this way. And you can't really take that too personally. You have to really understand that, that most of mostly people are coming from a place they're breathing really genuine and really trying to understand what it is you're going to provide for them. So I think that interpersonal skills like the most important thing um, because you're going to deal with a ton of people that walk through your door, really strong personalities, really quiet people, uh, to people who are just observing, people who want to be more on hand, you know, more in, in the mix with you. That's really important. Um, I think the second one, too, is really finding your population. So a lot of the times people won't jump into the market and they think like, hey, you know what, I want to go and do ABC123. And I can use it, you know, myself as an example saying I want to do a little more therapy-based stuff rather than the strength and conditioning side. Well, as the business began to kind of grow, that the branding, as I was putting out in marketing the company, it wasn't quite hitting on that PT side. But instead, it was sitting more on the strength and conditioning side. So I was able to, you have to kind of give one up for the other, kind of sway one way to the other. Not that we've completely eliminated PT from the practice in the business, but it's not a big part of that business, right? So it's the marketing and the branding. So you really got to pick the population that you want to work with and really focus on them. Because if you try to put your hands into too many cookie jars, you put, spread yourself really thin and you're only going to get a little bit out of each of those jars. If you really focus on the population you want, in this case, we're talking about health and wellness for adults, or really focus in on, we're going to help these people, whether it's ma weight management, whether it's again, marathon training or triathlon athletes, you know, then we're really going to work on this population here and really brand that the best you can. I think that those are the best results. I think early on, I was really trying to like, you know, oh, let's do this, let's do this. And it was just way too much. The minute I was able to streamline it and just really focus on this one population is when I had the most success. So I think that's kind of, those are the two things I think you could take away. Okay. So, I mean, if you could describe your population or your niche, like into one sentence, what would that yeah. be? Ooh. So um, we really just, we, we, the adults that we, that we work with here, um, the Valley here, it's one of the, where we live, it's one of the obese, most obese places in the nation, right? So um, this is something here, the niche really is health and wellness. There really is like, let's get stronger, right? As you get stronger, you become healthier. And I think it's the word choices there that becomes important too. Uh, people who come to us, they're usually coming because they had never worked out before. They just want to start. They know it's a safe progression, right? And their goals, right? Their goals usually is weight loss, more health and wellness. I know I have some people who are like, man, I, I just want to be able to sit um, through my entire work day without pain to my back, right? Mm -hmm. And I just want to be able to be, you know, some people have different goals. Some are, like I said, we have some uh, triathlon runners. We have some people want to swim. Um, so it's really like a, like a functional training idea that we try to provide for all, for all of our clients. Gotcha. Okay. So um, let's say that I were to move to Texas like a month from now. I'm that okay. per like I'm your ideal client. So I've been, awesome. you know, plagued by uh, injuries and I'm really looking for a place to help educate me and progress me so that I can continue to lift heavier and get stronger. Yeah. My question for you is like, how do I, how do I know that you guys are out there? Right. So the presence we have right now, we have uh, an online presence, right? A lot of the marketing that we do for the, for my company, for the BDA is we utilize what's free. What's out there. So you have Facebook, there's a free service out there. You have uh, social media. So we use Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. YouTube. Uh, so the idea is really to take advantage of these markets. 
So these are free applications that are out there for anybody. So the okay. idea is to go out here, put out your content and really brand what you're doing. The one thing is like, again, you pick your population and you really focus in on population and make sure that your content and the branding that you're doing relates to that. So if I'm a perfect example is that right, we're talking about health and wellness. I'm definitely not going to be putting out content about, you know, barbecuing on the weekend, right? So it has to be really relative to what I'm doing and then really finding that niche. So if it's, Hey, we're talking about health and wellness, or we're talking about a little bit of prehab, maybe we're talking about being injured or the two big things to avoid not to do in the gym or just tips of the day or something to that effect. Um, that's how we try to brand that content. So as you go through, um, and you're scrolling down through your social media, looking for a gym, in the nearby area, mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll, you'll type it in, you'll put in McAllen, Texas, the places will pop up. And hopefully with if the SEOs go great, right. And the BDA comes out right on top, you can pop in, boom, you can click on. And there it is. You're going to have our gym. You're going to see what we're about. And you have the links to all of our social media. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the leads I get uh, are through social media. I, I saw you on, I saw you on, um, uh, TikTok, I saw you on Instagram. I recently just last week had a woman move down from Boston. So she moved from Boston, Massachusetts to the Valley. She got a hold of me probably in November said, Hey, I'll be moving there in January. I'm looking for gyms. I saw you online and I would really be interested to come in and check out what you're about. So she came in on Friday of last week and we had our first session yesterday. So, you know, that social media presence it's not just local in the area you're in, it's across the country, right? And it's actually around the world. Every right. time you put them out, anyone on the world has access to that. So Absolutely. It's a, great, it's a great tool, man. Yeah. And I mean, I know mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a tool that a lot of, you know, business owners are kind of like fearful of just because they don't know how to use it. So is there anything that y'all are doing specifically on social media that's leading to, well, I mean, is it like leading to consistent leads? Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a combination. I, you know, it's, it's the, again, finding the population and really creating your content around that. I was really nerve wracked about it. You know, I remember, <laughs> I can remember making the first post and like sitting on it for maybe like three days, you know, here's this place. And just thinking like, I mean, you're, it's a little, there's a little bit of insecurity there that you're just putting yourself out there and you're just like, okay, well, what are people going to think? Because you know, the internet can be cruel, right? The internet can be cruel and it can be supportive at the same time. And I remember that first, very first post. Okay. I'm just going to talk about, you know, health and wellness and what we're doing. And I was so nervous. I remember putting it out there. I remember reading it and rereading it and re-editing and looking at it over and over again. Then I finally put it out there. And now it's like, you know, you're doing two, three, four posts a day at this point. And, you know, it just becomes more comfortable. Um, the camera time, that's something also that you need to be comfortable with. That becomes very hard. So, you know, you can tell as the progression comes to our social media, if you were to just jump onto any of those pages, you can see how it went from maybe like really generic or universal pictures and, you know, things like that with editing. Then it got into some athletes and it got to people doing things. And then eventually you see my face and then more and more and more as I got more comfortable, you know, putting the brand out there. So you can really see the evolution of that. If you ever just scroll down to like the very first post, like the very latest, you'll see yeah you know, the idea with the editing and the effects and music and all the sort of things that you can do. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's crucial. And the FaceTime is really important, especially in the community that you're in, where people know that's that guy who owns that place and he's about ABC one, two, three. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so have you guys, you know, dabbled in any paid advertising yet? 
No. So at this point, yeah. So at this point, no. So what we've been able to do is really kind of like a home-based idea. So, you know, the social media aspect was really tough in the beginning. Again, it gets easier. You know, you should take up to 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes of my day to create one post and then to go and put it on all your different platforms. So you're talking maybe like 40 minutes. At this point now, I got it down to about 10 minutes, five minutes, I can create the post. And then I'm able to connect all of our social media outlets and, and just share it across all of them. So Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, they're all connected. We're able to share the post those different ways. Yeah. Um, and then like a lot, and then kind of growing it down into the podcast too. So, you know, going to the podcast and getting our, um, our guests and then again, creating it, uh, setting up the interviews and then pushing those out too. And there's a lot of content you can create when you have an hour interview, you know, there's a lot of content you can create when you have people in your gym training and you just can record them and kind of decide what you want that to be about. So the more you can get the camera out, it's a little uncomfortable. I, I felt in the beginning it was kind of uncomfortable, uh, but no one seems to mind anymore. You know, it's, just, it's almost like second nature. Mike going to pull the phone out for about three minutes here while I do this lift and then we're done, you know, and you know, I'm right back in it with them. Um, but I, I, for me, it's that customer experience. I was always very like, okay, are you guys okay with this? You know, do we want to, you know, can I do this? And of course we have video release waivers and we do all that stuff upon intake uh, with our clients just to make sure to let them know, Hey, you know what, you go viral, you know, there's a big possibility that something mm -hmm. can happen, you know, and yeah. there has it happened yet. Uh, kind of, you know, we had one or two videos that have exploded on us a little bit, but yeah, you know, nothing consistent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you guys are expanding, right? Moving into a much bigger space. Yeah. What yeah. So I'm sorry, go ahead. What do you think you're going to have to change about your marketing to fill up the gym? Yeah, so right now, you know, I never thought the issue would be, we're in a 2,000 square foot building we're right now, that I never thought the issue would be like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to get crazy packed in here. Uh, it's me, two employees, and we usually do our group training. We keep it in relative to about five athletes, four per client, I mean, per trainer. Uh, okay. We don't like to have these huge populations. It's really hard, at least for me personally, to coach classes that are bigger than that. And you 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 lose some of the individualism, right? And that's really kind of what we brand also, right? And through that, hey, you're going to get a more customized program as you, as you come in to see us, our training program. So we have to keep the groups really small. So I never thought that would be the issue that we were filling the hours because our hours with the app we use for our scheduling, it ends up at I have a max of eight or 10 per hour, right? And now we're getting 10 per hour and it's like, wow, okay, great. So, you know, now it's a matter of expanding this space that we're going to need now. So I think now on the marketing side, it's going to be like, Hey, you know what, you're going to, we're going to have to have a little bigger classes now, right? We're going to bring in, have to bring in two or three more trainers and maybe even make these a little more specific to the population. So now we can have maybe um, here in these hours, we're going to do our health and wellness. And these hours will have more, again, like our triathlon runners or maybe our CrossFitters or kind of like a different level of exercise running that group training, right? So it's the novice classes, to this intermediate class, into this really advanced class, like for lack of better terms. I think that would be better. That gives our customers a better option as they look through like, oh, okay, like I like that idea of I'm just starting and they have a whole class for this. Like, man, this is great. So um, it's less intimidating. Or well, I'm really good at it. You know, I'm I'm here, but I need some tweaks. I've noticed a little pain during this. This this class may be better for me, right? So, and then of course we have our 
uh, marathon runners and you know it seems we get a lot of marathon runners um, mm-hmm. who come who come to the door so okay I think I think that's gonna have to be a big one yeah yeah so not necessarily changing what you're doing with your marketing strategy but just adding some additional cl- cl- classes and maybe bringing some more trainers in just to yeah customers a few more options yeah I think I, I think that would be it too and then again also like on that marketing side just making sure that those classes everyone can have a better understanding right because you, you kind of look at some of the social media and they just see this weight training it becomes like, I can do that, or I can't do that. You right. know, that's a little intimidating. I'm not going to go in there. Well, don't worry. We got, we're going to get you there, right? The idea is to get you there. And, the, the, you know, I, I, I say the pre-gym before the gym, because uh, originally the idea was for me, it was like, hey, you're going to come here. We're going to work like three or four months. And then it's like a, this big dove release. Like, okay, just go now and go into these gyms. Because now you got all the tools you need. You have everything you need to go out there and be safe. I gave you all the knowledge I could possibly could and go out there and it ended up that people end up just staying, you know, right. and I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Hey man, absolutely stay. Right. But originally that was kind of the idea. Again, as your business evolves, you know, you got to kind of take a step back and figure out how am I going to make sure I keep servicing or servicing the community the best way I could. So, you know, that didn't seem to go too long. They, they everyone hung around. So, yeah. Great. So, Let's say that um, I come to your gym for like a, I'm not sure what you guys are offering, like a pre-session or a consult, um, and I decide to get started. Um, so not only do you, of course, as a gym owner, you have to figure out how to get people in your door, but mm-hmm. also you want to increase their lifetime value so that they're staying with you as long as possible, right? So is there anything you guys are doing specifically like within your community that is helping with client retention? And is client retention, you know, something that you guys think that is an area of challenge or something that you're good at? So I, I think early on um, getting people in the door was number one. So what we do, what, what, what we like to do is that we have everyone who comes in, everyone will get screened. So it's a customized screen. It's a screen that we do with all of our clients and it's kind of like a, like a prereq, right? We just kind of want to see what I'm looking for as since I'm a clinician, right? As we're performing these screens, is I'm looking for muscular imbalances. I'm looking for asymmetric movements. I'm looking for anything that could potentially cause harm if we ended up going into training or, 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 or just weightlifting period, right? And an example I can give you, if we have really tight shoulders, you know, the idea here is we can't go and jump into all these shoulder exercises. I'm just going to promote this tightness, but we have more of a mobility routine that we can give to the client. Um, and if we can work mobility, then we can start working on stretching. This is more of a clinical aspect in the training, right? Rather than just like the personal training. Mm-hmm. I'm able to offer that. That piece of value comes because I'm a therapist. This is something that you couldn't quite get if you went to a, a, a gym here locally, but only because the skill set would be there, right? They have an idea, but having worked these injuries before, having seen these injuries and being able to identify them before the client gets started is a big, that's a big value piece. This screen, we started originally charging for it. So, hey, you know, come in, we're gonna charge you $30 for the screen, you can come in. What I found was like, okay, I'm not driving quite enough traffic to the door like I needed. So instead of charging for the screen, why don't you come in, get yourself a free screen, then we'll talk about it. So at that moment in time, once we screen and we get all the objective information from uh, the client that we would need, whether it be in the form, if it's form, uh, asymmetries, again, muscular imbalance, balance issues, stability issues. Once we get all the objective information, then we're able to customize a training plan for them, right? Hey, you know what? We look really good. You're good to go. We're good. Uh, the other option could be, hey, you know what? 
core is really weak. We're noticing really poor activation of the core. And then from that point, I have to, you know, with the clinical eye, I can decide whether this is a coordination issue or it's a strength issue, right? And being able to separate the two is it, it's, it helps the client because I don't know, Hey man, like this is not uh, about being weak or not strong, but it's about coordination or vice versa. you you know, we don't have the coordination you know, you, or you're not as strong. That's why the coordination's not there. So it's really kind of breaking down, customizing that for them. And I think our clients see the value in that. And this is how I'm able to keep them in the door because they're not coming in and getting a cookie cut workout like the class before or the person there for them. The workout they're getting is very much specialized, especially in the first two or three months, very much customized to what we're discovering through these screens. So we're coming, we'll use these screens, we'll take that objective information, we'll develop a plan for them. And that value alone for them, I think is what keeps them here is the retention rate with us. Gotcha. Okay, good. So really just kind of seeing, well, adding value that your, your clients would find useful. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's through a medical clinician's lens, right? So you're able to get this idea um, of what's happening through a clinician's eyes who can also do the strength, strength, strength training for you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the future. Um, You've been saying BDA. Is that like a the acronym for? Yeah, yeah. So it's biodynamic <laughs> athletics. So we just call it, it BDA. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about the future of BDA. Since you yeah. guys are moving into a new space this month, um, what are your long term goals for the new space? World domination. Uh, so really, <laughs> no, really. I mean, with the new space now, it's going to. I what I'm really hoping that we can do is just provide for those who need it, that brick and mortar space, a little more, a little more, com- be a little more comfortable and allow us to access more clients right now. Uh, with the size that we have, I'm limited in the amount of people I can have. I'm not going to have an overpopulated gym, right? We're not okay. just going to have people slammed in there. It needs one to be safe and clean, right? And make sure that everything off the floor and things, you know, just so no one gets hurt. Um, so for me, it's really, we're going to be able to provide a space where we come in where one, they're going to be safe. They're going to be in constant observation with one of the trainers, right? It's going to be one of us. It's never going to be on your own trying to figure it out. They're always going to be supervised by someone who has an idea of what we gathered from the initial screen and where your deficits are. If we're still working those, right? If it's a corrective exercise idea or if it's like a prehab idea, um, if it's an injury we're bouncing back from, if it's, you know, whatever it is, we are very aware of who's in the gym and what time they're going to be here. So allowing them to have a little more space, uh, you know, we do a lot of agility stuff. You know, we have AstroTurf and we have the gym we have a, an agility wall. We kind of have a lot of different tools. We do a lot of recovery. So we're able to provide modalities to our clients in the past of like, uh, ESTEM, uh, we have cupping, we have percussion therapy. We do, um, uh, is it e- it's ESAM, ultrasound, cupping, cryotherapy with ice. We have compression. So we're able to provide recovery for the clients also. So those who come in, maybe beat up our weekend warriors to go and play softball on the weekend and come back in. Oh man, I, you know, I, I took to the shoulder. So we'll do some cupping. We'll do a little bit of this. And that's, you know, all kind of inclusive with the membership that you get when you sign up with us, right? So we're able to do those and administer those on a different kind of level, more of a clinical level too, because these modalities are very much open to the public, but the, the indications and contraindications, how we use these 
uh, again, under more of a clinician's eye, right? To make sure that we're just getting them back as quick as we can, making them feeling good. Gotcha. Okay. So mm-hmm. world domination, huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think you would, after the new building that fills up, would you want to like open another spot or continue to like expand? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Uh, yeah. You know, the, uh, having the flagship location is ideal. I don't know if this will be it totally. This is uh, an upgrade for sure at 6,000 square feet, but where I want to put that flagship and just say, this is like, you know, this is it right here. I don't know yet if this is it. I don't know if it's 10,000 will be the flagship, right? I don't know yet. And I think it's still going. I know for sure that the online presence is something that we need to take advantage of. And this is something that this space is here. It's very existent. And there's a lot of business to be taken from online. And just with the way that everything is headed, uh, that's really the focus now this year is, is getting able to get what we offer to people who don't live here, right? People who are not close in the community, people who find us on Instagram, people who are able to follow us on Facebook or see something like on TikTok, maybe catch a YouTube, you know, a, a podcast that says, hey, what's going on here? I like this idea. It would just be great for them to be able to access what we do, right, virtually. And if you think about it, you know, the metaverse is here and it's all coming. So, you know, you, you got to start thinking about that because that's definitely where we're, uh, there's a lot of business that can be taken there online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Um, yeah. But I always like to make sure I, I ask gym owners, like, what are your biggest challenges now that you guys are working through? Mm-hmm. So I think right now still one of the biggest, the biggest challenges is still, trying to get more uh, foot traffic, right? Really trying to get more foot traffic and claim more space in the community. So the market share is always there. You're going to have, you know, everyone who goes, but there's always a commercial gym and there's always the bigger place. And it always seems to be a little cheaper. There's always seems, you know, to go in there. So it's really, I think the challenge now is trying to let the community understand, Hey, this is really a great spot to be at. You can get to those gyms, but there's a lot of work to be the sort of athlete to be in the gym by yourself. Right. And there's a lot of that work in there. So I think the, probably the hardest bit would be the education and understanding what we do and how we approach our training with our clients. It is, it's very different, you know, it's very unique and the people who have come through, they're all able to, you know, really uh, benefit from what we do. So, you know, it's yeah. great. Okay. So give our, our listeners one piece of advice that you wish you would have had prior to starting your gym, knowing what you know now. I would, this is without a doubt. Um, the first one is go at it alone. You know, I started early in this with a partner. Um, and if you, there's nothing too crazy or wrong with having a partner, but you have to just make sure the visions are, are in line and correct and in sync. I okay. found that, you know, once, we were able to terminate that partnership. The business really grew because now you're managing this thing by yourself with one vision, with one road. And it's really, it's really great to go. Partners are great, but I, I think the biggest pick is, Hey man, try at it alone. You know, really try your best to get this thing going, especially with your vision and run with it the best you can. I think without a doubt, that would be the number one thing I would say to anyone who's starting their own businesses is go at it alone. Alrighty. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode, but Michael, before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So we can find us on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, uh, and YouTube. So we have our podcast series there on YouTube as well. And it's at, at biodynamic athletics, LLC. So we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. 
uh, we're on all, all platforms, man, you know, check it out. Give us a like subscribe. That really helps. Uh, <laughs> watch all the videos, watch all two minutes of the video. What's in there. Uh, yeah. you know, all those minutes watched really help. So yeah. That's where you can find us. All right, Michael, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. We really appreciate your contribution. And of course, looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Yeah, so, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Um, and to everyone who tuned out to tune in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.